Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Corona Premier Golf Show on your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. We have a live stream available right now at WSBTradio.com and with our free WSBT radio app, which you can acquire right now at the iTunes or Google Play Store. Just search WSBT Radio with the app. You can listen to us live or our podcast whenever you would like. Well, this is our little Saturday morning tradition, the Corona Premier Golf Show on 960 AM WSBT. Darren Pritchett with you. We like to talk a little golf with you before you head out on the golf course later today or maybe sometime this weekend. Next week is a big week for the game of golf. The United States Golf Championship will take place in Brookline, Massachusetts. That was the site of the 1999 miracle at the Ryder Cup as the Americans overcame a huge deficit on Sundays as they dominated the single matches and beat the Europeans. Justin Leonard had the famous long putt that all but sealed the Ryder Cup for the Americans. His teammates and members of the American squad ran out on the green, running over the line of the European player at a chance to still make a putt to keep the event going. There was a lot of controversy surrounding that particular event, but the Americans won at the Country Club, and now this great golf course on display once again, hosting our national championship. The U.S. Open also will have an extra spotlight on it this week, whether the USGA wants it or not. The Live Golf Tour held its first event this week, And now next week, some of these players who have resigned from the PGA Tour to join this new tour will be rejoining many members of the PGA Tour for the U.S. Open. For example, Graham McDowell is a U.S. Open champion. He has decided to join this Saudi-funded golf tour. He said, quote, take the Khashoggi situation. We all agree that's reprehensible nobody is going to argue that fact end quote he is referencing the 2018 killing of jamal khashoggi in the saudi consulate in istanbul u.s intelligence services have said they believe the killing of the u.s-based saudi journalist came at the orders of the crown prince who heads the public investment fund that is funding this live tour Now, the Saudi Sovereign Wealth Fund is providing the hundreds of millions of dollars for these golfers to sign up. The prize money is off the chart. Like this week on the PGA Tour, $1.3 million to the winner. The Live Golf Tour, the winner in London this weekend, gets $4 million. This ability to offer the sign-up fees and the huge prize money has enticed a lot of golfers to leave their spot on the PGA Tour and joining this particular group. They are partially jeopardizing their future participation in majors 
And for players like Dustin Johnson, for example, they could be putting their Ryder Cup future on the line. Now, as of right now, the United States Golf Association has stated players like Phil Mickelson and Dustin Johnson, who are stepping away from the PGA Tour. Johnson has resigned. Mickelson has not. But the USGA says players on the Live Golf Tour are welcome to play in the U.S. Open next week. The USGA announced their decision on Tuesday. The USGA in a statement said, quote, Regarding players who may choose to play in London this week, we simply asked ourselves this question. Should a player who has earned his way into the 2022 U.S. Open via our published field criteria be pulled out of the field as a result of his decision to play in another event? And we ultimately decided that they should not. Mike Wham, the CEO of the USGA, said, quote, it's one of the things that separates our open from everybody else, and if you don't believe that, watch what happened yesterday. And he was referencing 36-hole qualifiers for 49 spots were held in eight American cities and one in Canada. This golf tournament is open to anyone, and that's why he's referencing even players on the Live Golf Tour. This golf tournament is open to them as well. Now, Greg Norman is the head of this Live Golf organization. His job has been to recruit players to join this particular tour that is being backed by, let's face it, sketchy people from Saudi Arabia. Wham, the CEO of the USGA, went on to say, quote, I realize people have strong points of view and think perhaps there should be some morality clause. As I said to our team last night, with more than 9,300 entrants for the U.S. Open, if we decide what's on their sleeve or their bag or what tour they're playing, what we think is okay and not okay, I'm not sure that circle ever stops. We don't track personal beliefs and who funds them. It doesn't mean we don't care. End quote. Now, Dustin Johnson has had an amazing career on the PGA Tour. Outside of Tiger Woods and Phil Mickelson, he has made more money than anybody else that has ever played the PGA Tour. He has been a player that's been number one in the world. But Dustin Johnson has resigned his position on the PGA Tour. Now, many people that have been following this story say the reason why DJ and maybe Kevin Na, for example, have decided to resign from the PGA Tour is to avoid legal actions. This basically comes down to you're a member of one, let's call it working body, the PGA Tour, the PGA Tour is basically saying you cannot go work for this particular working body, the Live Golf Tour. Now, we do see dual memberships between the PGA Tour and the European Tour, but the PGA Tour in this case has made it perfectly clear that if you play on the Live Golf Tour, you are facing possible banishment from the PGA Tour. Now, there are some written rules in which if you step away from the PGA Tour in a year, you can ask to be re-added to the PGA Tour. So there is a possibility. But I think some of these golfers are worried about legal action 
from the PGA Tour. So to avoid that, they've just decided to say, you know what? I was a member of the PGA Tour, but I'm resigning. Just like you can resign from your job. That's exactly what Dustin Johnson decided to do. I resigned my membership from the tour. I'm, I'm going to play here, um, you know, for now, and that's that's the plan. Um, you know, but what the consequences are going to be, I, obviously I can't comment on how the tour is going to handle. Well, regards of majors, are you? Majors, um, I mean, it's, again, I, I can't answer for, for the majors, but, you know, hopefully they're going to allow us to play. Obviously I'm exempt for, for the majors, so. Um, I plan on playing there and, unless um, I hear otherwise. It was another thing that I you know, really had to think long and hard about, and ultimately I decided to, you know, to come do this and you know, play out here. And you know, like I said, I'm excited about it. And you know, obviously the Ryder Cup is unbelievable, and it's you know, something that's definitely meant a lot to me. And you know, proud to, to say that I've played and represented my country. And you know, hopefully I'll you know, get a chance to do that again. But... You know, I don't make the rules, so. Inevitably, people will say, you know, on social media and even in here that you've chosen money over your country. What would be your reply to that? Um, I chose what's best for me and my family. Dustin Johnson, 24 PGA Tour victories are the fourth most among active players, trailing Tiger Woods, Phil Mickelson, and Vijay Singh. And Johnson decided to play on the Live Golf Tour. He's going to be joined by Kevin Na, Sergio Garcia, Brendan Grace, Charles Schwartzel. We're hearing that Bryson DeChambeau, Patrick Reed, also prominent members of the PGA Tour, leaving to join the Live Golf Tour. So this is a major storyline. There is so much money up for grabs that the Saudis are offering these golfers, making this an extremely interesting decision. Take the money from people that, again, some believe are sketchy. That's one way of describing them. Or being on the greatest tour on planet Earth, the PGA Tour, a tour based in your home country of the United States. Now, there's obviously the golfers are frustrated with some things with the PGA Tour. Maybe some of it has to do with appearance fees. If you're one of the best players in the world and you take a stance that I'm one of the reasons why people buy tickets to a golf tournament, why they watch on TV, why in general they're interested in the game of golf, I think some of those individuals feel like they deserve more from the PGA Tour. And if that's the way they feel, they are basically being offered what they're missing by the Live Golf Tour. Allegedly, this has not been confirmed, and Phil really didn't want to touch it, Phil Mickelson I'm talking about, who's joining the Live Golf Tour, that he's receiving $200 million just to play on this tour. I mean, think about that for a second. Do you really want to be associated with the Saudis? No. But you're being offered two hundred million dollars to play on this tour they might have eight events six of those in the United States and for some golfers they look at it I can play less golf I can make more money some would argue I can spend more time with my family 
And that's why some of them have decided to make the jump to this brand new golf tour. Phil Mickelson's one of the greatest golfers of all time. He's won six majors, including the PGA Championship in the summer of 2021. He did not defend his PGA Championship just a couple of weeks ago. He had not played a lot of golf. In fact, he has not played competitive golf since January. He left the limelight after his controversial comments about the Saudi Arabians, calling them scary, explosive, and acknowledged their murderous tendencies in an excerpt from Alan Shipnick's biography, biography that he released on Phil Mickelson a couple of weeks ago. Now, Phil has apologized, calling his comments reckless. He thought his comments were off the record. Shipnick says they were not. And basically, Phil admitted he was trying to use the Live Golf Tour as leverage to get some things done on the PGA Tour. Well, here we are, the Live Golf Tour debuting in London. Phil Mickelson decided to enter this particular golf tournament one week before the United States Open Golf Championship, the one major that has eluded him in his illustrious career. He's got three Masters two PGAs, and an Open Championship, but six runner-up finishes in the U.S. Open. Now, he claims he didn't play in the Masters and the PGA because he hadn't picked up a club. He was not in a position to be competitive. But he's playing this week in London, and he will play in Brookline, Massachusetts at the U.S. Open next weekend. I want to play for you a few minutes of Mickelson's press conference with the media in London who did not hold back asking some really difficult and uncomfortable questions to the legendary left-hander about his status on the PGA Tour and why exactly he is joining the Live Golf Tour. Um, I've made, said, and done a lot of uh, things that I regret, and uh, I'm sorry for that and for the hurt that it's caused a lot of people. Um, I don't... Um, I don't condone human rights violations at all. I, I, I don't think it, I, I, nobody here does um, any, throughout the world. And I'm certainly aware of what has happened with Jamal Khashoggi, and it's, I think it's terrible. I've also seen the good that the game of golf has done throughout history, and I believe that Live Golf is going to do a lot of good for the game as well. Um, and I'm excited about this opportunity. That's why I'm here. But isn't there a danger that you're also being seen as a tool of sports washing, an attempt to try and improve the image of a human rights abusing regime through sport, and that ultimately you could be seen as a Saudi stooge, and, and that could tarnish your legacy? Is that, is that you comfortable with that? I, I said earlier, I, I don't condone human rights violations. I, I don't know how I can be any more clear. I understand your question, um, but again, I love this game of golf. I've seen the good that it's done, and I see the opportunity for Live Golf to do a lot of good for the game throughout the world, and I'm excited to be about a part of this opportunity. Phil, you, you also spoke about leverage. You used the word leverage, and here you are sitting representing the very people you were using to leverage. How do you explain that? I've, 
I've really enjoyed my time on the PJ Tour. I've, um, I've had some incredible experiences, some great memories, and I have a lot of strong opinions on things that should and could be a lot better. One of the mistakes I've made is, is um, voicing those publicly. So I will, I will really make an effort to keep those conversations behind closed doors uh, going forward. I think that's the way uh, to be the most uh, efficient and, and get the most out of it. Bill, can you just clarify, you've, you've apologized again just now. Can you just clarify what you're apologizing for? Is it, you're sorry for speaking the truth about the Saudis, or are you, are you sorry for the shameless hypocrisy of taking their money anyway? I, I understand that many people have very strong opinions and may disagree with my decision. Um, and I can empathize with that. Um, but um, at this time, this is uh, an opportunity that gives me a, a chance to have the most balance uh, in my life uh, going forward, and I think this is going to do a lot of good for the game. Phil, uh, can you tell me if you are serving a ban or have served a ban? I'm sorry, say again. Can you tell me if you've served a ban or are serving a ban with the PJ Tour? I, I um, choose not to speak publicly on PJ Tour issues at this time. Can you say if you're going to play in next week's US Open? I will play next week's US Open. I'm looking forward to it. Hi, Phil. Uh, Rob Jones, Sky Sports. Um, you, you said something in um, the Sports Illustrated interview, and you, you just said it again this morning. What happened to Jamal Khashoggi is awful, but I've seen the game of golf, the good that the game of golf has done throughout history. No matter how successful this tournament could ever be, it can't counteract someone being murdered, can it? No, nobody here uh, condones human rights violations. And nobody's trying to make up for anything. Um, but but you, you said those two statements, one after the other, which sort of implies that you feel that, that one can sort of make up for the other. And, and one of our colleagues used the phrase sports washing, and, and that surely is exactly what that's an attempt to do. There are, um, the, the game of golf I've seen unify and bring people together and um, I love that I'm a part of this sport. I love that um, this, this game has given me so much and it is fun for me to give back and to bring this game on a global, throughout the world on a global scale and the opportunities that Live Golf provides. And I don't know how else I can say it. I don't condone human rights violations. Nobody here does. Um, I don't know how else to say it any more uh, assertively. Those were the comments of Phil Mickelson this week in London prior to the debut of the Live Golf Tour. 
I have always been a huge Phil Mickelson fan. Always supported him. Been very excited when he's won majors, including that first one at the Masters, holding that putt on the 72nd hole in his three-inch vertical leap jump to celebrate winning his first major. But this is tough when you're a Mickelson fan and you see Phil not officially walking away from the PGA Tour. He has not resigned. He acts like he can just jump back on, which I'm not sure is going to be the case, and joining this tour. What makes it the most difficult, his original comments were very reckless. Whether they were on the record or off the record, just unacceptable comments. I almost feel like he overplayed his hand trying to leverage this tour with the PGA Tour and publicly going after the PGA Tour did not help his cause. And I think he saw he was not going to make any progress with the PGA Tour. And his only play was to go to the Live Golf Tour again. If the story is true, $200 million just to sign up? We're not even talking about the money he could make in each of these events. We're just talking about here's your contract, sign on the dotted line, and here's $200 million. It's unthinkable. I guess those of us (laughs) that hack around the golf course will never be a professional. To hear $200 million catches your attention, I guess if we were in his shoes, you would look long and hard at that. Probably a lot of us would take that, even considering it feels like dirty money coming from these Saudis, considering their background and what they're accused of. But Mickelson appears comfortable with his decision. I will say, listening to that press conference, I have never heard Phil more reserved in front of the media. He is usually one of the highlights of press conference week before a major because he would always talk about anything, not afraid to answer a tough question. But in this particular moment, you could tell he had been probably schooled by speechwriters and people around him what to say. He was very cautious in his comments. It was like he was hearing the question and then trying to think back what he had been taught to say, and it just was a very unnatural press conference, knowing how Phil is so wide open in his comments. It felt very scripted, which honestly was probably the right thing. He had been, you know, hurt very badly by his previous comments. And in this particular moment with the London media, which was very aggressive toward him, I think he was on his heels a little bit. He did not want to spark any more controversy. I mean, theoretically, the Saudis are his bosses now. So he really has to be careful what he says. You just wonder how this is going to affect his legacy. Before all this happened... He was probably one of the best 10 golfers of all time. And and honestly, we should still evaluate him based on his play rather than his decisions. But I know some people will not. One of the great American golfers of all time, again, six major championships, was extremely popular. Honestly, he was as popular as ever the last couple of years, using social media to have some fun, 
almost drawing in golf fans into his world by some of the videos he put together, including the making of his special coffee that he started drinking a couple of years ago. He won the PGA Championship at 50, the oldest major winner of all time. Just last summer in South Carolina, the whole world seemed to be pulling for him, even with a guy like Brooks Kepka chasing him and in the final group of the PGA Championship. But it will be interesting to see the reaction of fans, not only in London, which I'm not sure, A, how many fans are going to be at this particular event and Who's going to say what? But the U.S. Open will be a different animal. Phil has always been a fan favorite at the U.S. Open. Will that change next week based on his decision to not officially leave the PGA Tour but basically go to the rival tour? It's in Massachusetts, in the Northeast. Some of those folks are very quick to offer their opinion. So really, for the first time, Phil may not be the fan favorite, which is going to be very very strange to see and hear. And how will Phil react to that? It's a bizarre, bizarre situation. I never imagined anything like this happening. We saw the NFL get challenged by the AFL, eventually leading, leading to the combination of the two leagues. The USFL and other football leagues have tried to go up against the NFL. That hasn't worked. But with the money that this group has, this doesn't seem like a one-year-and-done thing. They are bound and determined to make an impact in sports. They want their name to be known, and they are throwing around a lots and lots of money, and it seems like the money is endless. So this is a big story in the game of golf. It's changing the way we look at the PGA Tour. Some of the stars are leaving and going for the money on the Live Golf Tour. Is this going to be a long-term decision for these guys? It's going to be a fascinating watch the next few years. But I just can't imagine leaving your country, your American tour, the PGA Tour, for the money on the Live Golf Tour, backed by the Saudis. But a lot of those guys are doing that. And again, the reaction of the fans at the U.S. Open next week will be fascinating. And the press conferences, again, some of these guys – Facing the American media for the first time will be fascinating. More of the Corona Premier Golf Show is on the way on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. In 1922, we began broadcasting under the call letters WGAZ, the world's greatest automotive zone. Now, we're your home for the Fighting Irish of Notre Dame and the best sports talk in South Bend. Sports Radio 960 AM, WSBT. Celebrating 100 years of broadcasting in 2022. And welcome back to the Corona Premier Golf Show on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. We are streaming live at WSBTradio.com and on our free WSBT radio app. Good morning. Darren Pritchett with you. Congratulations to all the high school golfers. Sectionals were earlier this week, and good luck to the players moving on and the competition. I grew up in central Illinois, and we do things a little differently with the IHSA compared to the IHSAA here in Indiana. But back in Illinois... High school golf was a fall sport here in Indiana. It's a spring sport. For me personally, I really enjoyed 
fall golf because as a high school player, I had the spring and the summer to prepare for the fall golf season. I felt like you got into a better rhythm. You were fully prepared for the golf season because you had been playing for months compared to playing in the spring. Think about all the lousy weather we had here in Indiana to start the spring golf season. I would have to imagine it is tough unless you have an indoor facility to truly get your swings in. Otherwise, I'm sure it takes a little while for everyone to find their game. And before you know it, it's time for sectionals. Now, I will say the one negative about high school golf in the fall was the fact that your most important tournaments were played when it was a little cooler. Now, I remember when we were trying to qualify for state, we were at sectionals up at Illinois State University, Bloomington Normal, Illinois. We had stocking caps on. We had those thick gloves you put on in between shots. I want to say it was in the 40s for sectionals. So there's no doubt that was a negative. Then when we went to state in Danville, Illinois, is actually very comfortable. I remember we didn't have any stocking cap on or any gloves. It was very comfortable, but chances are, if you're playing fall golf and you're in October and you're in Illinois, it's going to get a little chilly at some point. So that was one negative, but otherwise for me personally, someone that played baseball and golf in Illinois, I was able to do both with golf in the fall, baseball in the spring. Here in Indiana, it's got to be tough on the guys or even the gals who have the golf softball background not to get to play both sports, but that's the way it is. Personally, I like that fall golf just because, again, you have all summer to prepare yourself for a brand-new golf season. So hopefully the high school golfers had a successful season, got off to a cold start but some good weather late in the year, and now we're going to be getting into the 90s, it sounds like, next week. So no worries about stockings and mittens here in Indiana. Well, we talked in the previous segment about the Live Golf Tour making its debut in London and going into the third round today, Charles Swartzel, who is a Masters champion, has the lead in this first-ever Live Golf event in London. He shot 65-66 on a par 70. He is at minus 9 and has a three-shot lead over someone I've never heard of and I can't pronounce their name. Peter Uline, an American, is in third place at minus 4. Dustin Johnson, who reportedly got $120 million to join the Live Golf Tour, he is currently in a tie for fifth place at one under eight shots out of the lead. Some other familiar names in the tournament. Brandon Grace, even at 68-72, tied for ninth. Sergio Garcia, 71-70, tied for 12th. He's at plus one, as is Ian Poulter. Also, as you go further down the list, Kevin Na, who gave up his PGA Tour membership to join the tour over in Europe, and I guess a lot of the tournament's going to be played in America as well, but this Live Golf Tour, Kevin Na, 73-71, he's at plus four, and Phil Mickelson, 69-75, he is in a tie for 26th position, he is at plus four. There are only 48 golfers in the event, and 48th place, Andy Ogletree, who shot 82-77, he is plus 19 and currently 28 shots out of the lead, but there is no cut on the Live Golf Tour, so he'll be playing this weekend. On the more traditional PGA Tour, 
the RBC Canadian Open. It's the National Championship of Canada. No Canadian player has won this championship in over 60 years, and that streak is going to continue unless someone gets really hot. Aaron Cockrell of Canada is the best Canadian right now, tied for 21st at minus two, and he is currently five shots out of the lead. Also, Nick Taylor at minus two. Another Canadian, really good player, Adam Hadwin, minus one, tied for 33rd. And the best Canadian player right now, Corey Connors, tied for 45th. He shot 71-69. He is currently at even par. And he is seven strokes behind the leader, American Wyndham Clark, who was terrific on Thursday in the opening round up in Toronto. He shot a seven under par, 63 to take a one-shot lead into the second round. Then yesterday, followed that up with an even par 70. So Wyndham Clark, seven under par, 133. He's got a one-shot lead over American Alex Smalley, who shot 67-67. Keith Mitchell and Rory McIlroy, along with Matt Fitzpatrick, all tied for second at minus six. McIlroy who is the defending champion from two years ago. This event has not taken place due to COVID the last two years. So McElroy is the defending champion. Four under par, 66 on Thursday. Two under par, 68 on Friday. McElroy just one shot out of the lead. Matt Fitzpatrick, who shot 64 on Thursday, entered the second round at minus six. He really had it rolling. He was four under on his round on Friday, but then ran into trouble, shot four over the last five holes. So he got it to minus 10, was in the lead, but fell back to minus six, but still is in really good position, entering the third round, just one shot out of the lead. Also, as you take a look at the leaderboard, Tony Finau, the American, tied for 16th, 66 and 71 for Finau. And also the number one player in the world, Scotty Scheffler, is in contention. He's in a tie for eighth position. Scheffler shot 69-67, so a nice 300 par round yesterday. And Scheffler in position once again as he moved up 17 spots yesterday after shooting that 67. So the third round of the RBC Canadian Open will be getting underway in just a little bit. Stay tuned. More of the Corona Premier Golf Show comes your way next on Sports Radio 960 WSBT, streaming live at WSBTradio.com and on our free WSBT radio app, which you can get right now by going to the iTunes or Google Play Store. Search WSBT Radio with the app. You can listen to us live or on demand. Welcome back to the Corona Premier Golf Show on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Darren Pritchett with you on this Saturday morning. Well, Blackthorn Golf Club in South Bend, one of the best municipal golf courses, not only in Indiana, but in the Midwest and the United States, proudly right here in South Bend, owned by my good friend Tim Firestone. And recently, I talked to Tim about the first hole at Blackthorn. There's something new added to the golf course at number one, and that is the formation of a brand new black tee on the first hole at Blackthorn. Now, the original black tee was right behind the other tees, but due to the development, the reserve at Blackthorn, where there are houses very close to that black tee, a new tee has been developed, and it's a very familiar spot at Blackthorn. The new black tee at Blackthorn is where the old small practice screen was located by the cart shack at Blackthorn. That has been redeveloped into the new black tee 
for number one at Blackthorn. And it's a really interesting look. It changes the way you see the first hole at Blackthorn. And you think about the bunkers on the right side where you normally tee off. You know, those bunkers are still in play, but with the tee over to the left, I think it brings those trees that separate one and nine more into play, which I asked him about recently. But if you haven't had the chance to get out to Blackthorn and see the new black tee, it is a really, really good look, I think. First of all, it's very near the clubhouse. Second of all, it just changes the way you look at that first hole. The fairway that's wide on the right side really comes, I think, more into play with that tee now more to the left compared to where it used to be. But I asked Tim Firestone about this new addition to Blackthorn recently. There's no question. And again, you're hitting right into a normal westerly wind. So, you know, you got the wind uh, to contend with. You are a little bit higher elevated than the other tee box, but there's no doubt about it. The right to left shot is what you want to play there uh, for sure. However, if you do spray it, spray it a little right, I think there's still room over there to hit it up kind of in the, on the hill there um, on the right. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think it's definitely for the, the, the better player and the longer hitter who can hit it right to left, they could still get it down there, you know, inside of 150, 125 yards, no problem, uh, with a good tee shot from up there. And if you have a little trouble with your tee shot and you hit it to the left, and if you don't hit it very far, you could actually be behind those trees that separate one and nine. I think that tree line is more in play than it ever has been. Yeah, I agree, especially in those bunkers on the left as well. Yeah. People that maybe think they can carry those bunkers, that is a much longer carry from there than it was from the other tee box. Um, the only thing we need to worry about is um, um, maybe putting up some um, yeah. trees behind that ninth green just in case anybody really snap hooks one um, with people being there on the ninth green. So yeah. got to kind of monitor that and see what the, the shots are and have uh, people probably, uh, before we open that tee box, um, you know, get some different level of players just to hit shots to see where the tee balls are kind of ended up and where the protection we may need and um, get an idea and a feel for, for that hole. But I, I really do think people are going to enjoy that hole, uh, especially, you know, sitting right below there, of uh, you know, the new patio that we built uh, last year with people kind of looking down, watching people tee off. So um, it'll be uh, – I think I can see it being a, an exciting uh, atmosphere there, especially when you have, uh, you know, groups of guys in town playing uh, in a tournament getting harassed. So it should be interesting. <laughs> the first hole at Blackthorn plays 410 from the black tees, 390 from the red tees. The blue tees, 365 yards. And from the women's tees, 298 yards. The men's handicap, this is hole number five. So listed as one of the easier holes on the golf course, although I think the small target that the green provides with the bunker in the front and the bunker in the back makes it a little more challenging, and you have the trees and some tall grass behind and right of the green, also to the left as well. I think it's a more difficult hole than that, not because of the length of the hole, but I've always found that first green to be a small target and there's just enough trouble around that green to give you some fits on the women's side it is handicap hole number nine so basically middle of the pack so if you haven't been out to blackthorn check out the new black tee for the first hole 
at the Great Blackthorn Golf Club. We'll wrap up the Corona Premier Golf Show coming up next. You're listening to the Corona Premier Golf Show. I'm Darren Pritchett on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Welcome back to the Corona Premier Golf Show on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. My name is Darren Pritchett. Great week next week. The 122nd United States Open Championship will be held at the Country Club in Brookline, Massachusetts, put on by the United States Golf Association. 49 individuals qualified their way into our national championship. They'll be teeing it up in Brookline this week. This is the fourth time the Country Club has hosted a U.S. Open. This is a classic old-school architecture golf course. This is the 17th time the Country Club has hosted a USGA national championship. It also was the site of one of the most famous Ryder Cups, the Americans, the Great Rally during Sunday singles back in 1999 to steal away the Ryder Cup from the European squad. The Country Club is only going to play 7,264 yards of par 70. It was a par 71 the last time it was held at the Country Club in 1988. But this golf course now, 34 years later, is only 254 yards longer than it was in 1988. That may sound like a lot, but really... It isn't, because in 1988, the average drive on the PGA Tour, 263 yards. The average drive on the PGA Tour in 2022, 297.6 yards. So the average drive on the PGA Tour is 34.6 yards longer than it was in 1988. That's why I say only 254 yards longer in the game of golf right now, with the redesigning of golf courses, the number one defense for a golf course is making it longer. But in this case, not a whole lot has been done. It might have to do with the amount of property they have on this old school golf course. But the country club in Brookline, Massachusetts, will play 400 yards shorter than when the U.S. Open was held at Torrey Pines last year. So since the golf course is not overly long, what's the defense to these great golfers? Well, first off, the width of the fairways on average, only 29 yards. You would expect driving the golf ball to be a premium at a United States Open. That'll be the case this year. The rough, it'll have that gradual rough system. The closest to the fairway, not so bad, but the farther you get away from the fairway, the more difficult it gets. And if you get 10, 15 yards away from the fairway. You're going to be chopping it out of the rough, just trying to get the golf ball back to the fairway. It's going to be difficult at times to move the golf ball, but the rough will go up to five inches. These greens are going to be very small compared to what we're used to on the PGA Tour. There is one hole in particular that kind of stands out that's going to be really interesting. The par 3 11th, it only plays like 135 yards, but from the description of the hole, the green is going to be an absolute monster. Undulation, someone described it, you might have a ping pong game. The ball going back and forth as the golfers struggle to keep the ball close to the hole due to the undulation. So that could be very, very interesting. John Rahm is the defending champion at Torrey Pines. Shot four under on Sunday, six under for the tournament. One shot better than Louis Oosthuizen. Harry English finished three back and Colin Morikawa Four back. Scotty Scheffler is the favorite 
at least the betting favorite, according to BetMGM. The number one player in the world and the Masters champion is at plus 1,200. Defending champion John Rahm, along with PGA champion Justin Thomas and Rory McIlroy, are plus 1,400. Cameron Smith, plus 1,800. And Patrick Candley is right now the sixth betting favorite at plus 2,200. The United States Open Golf Championship gets underway Thursday outside of Boston, Massachusetts. Should be a fun week. We'll be taking a look at the leaderboard next Saturday here on the Golf Show. Thanks for joining me. This has been the Corona Premier Golf Show on your home of the Irish Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers. All made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street. Across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today.